You are listening to KZYX 90.7 FM Philo, KZYZ 91.5 FM Willits and Ukiah, 88.1 FM Fort Bragg. Altogether, we make up Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, member-supported community radio. We also stream live on the web at kzyx.org. Support for KZYX comes from our members and the Ukiah Natural Foods Co-op. Ukiah Natural Foods has served Ukiah Valley since 1976 with 100% organic produce, locally raised meats, and wellness products. Ukiah Natural Foods on the corner of Gobi and State in downtown Ukiah. Stronger together. More info at ukiahcoop.com. Mind if I sit down? Everything you pray for. Everything you play for me. Hi, and welcome to Be More Now. My name is Blake Moore, and tonight I'm interviewing award-winning author, trainer, and public speaker, Holly Steele. She's renowned worldwide for her trailblazing service philosophy, and we'll be discussing the basic tenets of kindness, silver linings, gratitude, and fortitude, all of it mixed with a healthy dose of levity and creative playfulness, which describes Holly to a T. But first, here's one of Holly's songs. A song she calls, Where Is That Store? You can always buy more But tell me please Where is that store? Don't worry, they say Insurance will pay Whatever you're missing Can all be replaced Then show me the pictures Of my wedding day When I walk down the aisle In my grandmother's lace And the necklace passed down Through generations as a treasure The one that near touching Brought me so much pleasure My big picture window As blackened and shattered I'm left in the rubble Of all that once mattered It's only stuff you can always buy more But tell me, please tell me, where is that store? Give me directions, I want to go there Could they sell me some comfort when life isn't fair? Tell me, please, where is that store? Tell me, please, where is that store? 
the dishes that belong to my mom The scrapbook with snapshots from my senior prom And a travel department with all my collections From sweet favorite places, my hand-picked selections My beloved old bathrobe that felt like a friend If I could find that, it could help my heart mend But I can't replace anything on this list Which helps me to see what it meant to be rich It's only stuff you can always buy more But tell me, please tell me, where is that store? Give me directions, I want to go there Could they sell me some comfort when life isn't fair? Tell me, please, where is that store? Tell me, please, where is that store? As we dig through our questions, our sorrow and rage Will the phoenix arise to begin a new stage? If I could surrender, if I could release Could I find grace? Could I find peace? It's only stuff you can always buy more But tell me, please tell me, where is that store? Give me directions, I want to go there Could they sell me some comfort when life isn't fair? Tell me, please, where is that store? Tell me, please, where is that store? So before I bring on Holly Steele, I want to tell you a bit about her. Holly is a trailblazing service philosopher who innovated a method of training based on her 17 years as a world-class concierge. Her clients include Disney, Nordstrom, Avita, American Express. And after more than 30 years of experience, she has parlayed that work into six books, including The Art and Science of the Hotel Concierge and a three award-winning instructional DVD. And she also has custom designed the corporate service training programs for the Hilton and the Hyatt Hotels worldwide. Her latest venture called Help Me Holly is an online fast-track fundamentals course that can be viewed at hollynow.com. To learn more about Holly or watch her TED Talks or other videos or read her blogs and articles, you can visit thankyouverymuchinc.com. The conversation you're about to hear was recorded a couple of days ago. Holly, it's so wonderful to have you with me right now on the phone for Be More Now. Thank you, Blake. Thanks for thinking of me and for wanting to do an interview. So I, We've known each other for years, and it's like what a great time for someone like you, such a practicer of gratitude, and you have so much positive energy and creativity, and you've done so many amazing things in your life. I thought it would be a good time for you and I to have this conversation and... Sprinkle a little positivity dust out into the radio waves. 
Oh, that would be my pleasure. I'm sprinkling fairy dust right now. All right. Well, you have a master's degree in education, and I know you taught school. And lived in San Francisco. Are you from San Francisco originally? Why don't you talk a little bit about your background and all the different ways that you got to be where you are today? Well, I, I'm from Cleveland. Okay. I'm, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And if, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if my Midwest accent comes out in this. It, it depends. If I'm tired, I'll, all of a sudden <laughs> I'll say care and package. Uh, yeah. I, I grew up in the suburbs of Cleveland, Ohio, and with, from a really, really lovely family. I really adore my family, but I just couldn't stay in Cleveland. So I left when just really to go to college and didn't really come back. So I, I, I got my master's degree in the four years because I just stayed there all summer and kept going to school. And I, I taught school for several years. I taught in Cleveland. I did go back home for a little bit. And then I went to New York and I taught school there. But I always wanted to live in San Francisco from the time I was a little girl. So I just moved to San Francisco. And guess what? There were no jobs. There were absolutely no jobs for special educators in San Francisco in the 1970s. I, I, I just couldn't get one. And so I got a job working in a hotel lobby, and I became a hotel concierge, and I fell madly in love with it. And that's how I became the first female concierge in the United States and in the world, actually, to be a member of an international concierge association. So I really uh, got so into being a hotel concierge. I loved it. And I stayed there for 17 years until I wrote a book about how to be one so I could be a teacher again. When did you start this? Uh, I started my career at the Hyatt. It was called the Hyatt on Union Square then. It's now, it, it became grand in the early 90s. Um, it's the Grand Hyatt San Francisco. Uh, that was 1976, so it was at the Bicentennial, and I started my career then as a hotel concierge, but there really weren't any. I was selling tour tickets in the back of the lobby at the Hyatt and uh, read about a hotel concierge and basically turned it all around and became the concierge instead of the tour ticket seller. Uh-huh. And that's how it started. So it was 1976. And then um, really early, though, Blake, I mean, so early on in it, I thought, oh, wow, this is fabulous. I could teach this. I want to write about this. I could teach this. And so by the time I left my position in 1992, Everyone thought that I had written two books because I talked about it so much, but I wrote the first textbook on how to be a hotel concierge, uh, and I left in 1992 after that book was, was uh, first published. And so, yeah, that's how that all happened. So that was, and so I've been out doing teaching and training people how to think and act like a world-class concierge ever since. And did you notice being a woman and the first woman doing that, that there were, was that ceiling that you had to? <clears throat> you know, yes and no. I, I think that there was a part of me that just loved the work. I was really good at it. Mm. And so I just loved it. It loved me. Mm. I, it, I, I was all about the um, the positivity and the love and the spirit, and I never got into the politics. I mean, there was one moment where uh, I was at a meeting, and there was a European concierge there, and I was the only woman in the room, but he walked around and he gave everyone his business card except for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, well, okay. 
so in, in those days, I mean, I was really young, and so I don't think right. I would do this today, but then I walked around giving everyone my business card except him. But that, that was, honestly, but that <laughs> that, was like these the days you would actually thing. give a card to him also. You would say, right, hey, here's my course. card, right? <laughs> right, I mean, you know, but <laughs> that was, yeah, I definitely would have handled it differently today. But, but I, I never was into the politics of it. Mm-hmm. I always was... Um, I, I, I just wanted to separate myself from it. I mean, I understood what was going on. But I had a friend, a woman named Marjorie Silverman, who was a concierge in Chicago a uh, little bit later, but you know, in that same time. She became the international president of Lake Lador. And she used to say, this is like the Pope being a woman. I mean, it was really <laughs> a big deal. And, and, and Marjorie, Marjorie took all that on. And so I didn't have to. I, I could just stay positive and in the love and the spirit and the education, and that was my role. But Marjorie did all the other stuff. And so, you know, there were women who did uh, do that. I was not one of them, but I was the first one. So I did open up the doors, and I just always felt like I belong here. Right. I'm supposed to be here. That's great. I feel that there is so much potent information beneath that because that's one of the biggest challenges when, as a woman, I've encountered all sorts of things. And I feel like in many ways I've done the same thing as you, is I've just not denied my truth, but just I love what I'm doing so much. Like that water off a duck's back, but still going forward exactly as I am, rather than trying to adapt and fold and bend into what they're trying to make me. So you just really express that so beautifully. Thank you. Thank you. I do have to admit, in, in the beginning, yeah. I just want to tell you this because you'll, you'll appreciate it because you're into costume. Um, I did wear, a, I had a morning suit made for me. So I had uh-huh. a skirt instead of the pants, and I had long tails and everything. So I looked like the concierges of the old world used to look like in a morning suit. So I had one specially made for me. Uh-huh. Years went on. You know, I didn't do that anymore, but, I, but that's how I started. You know, once that one of my uniforms had, had like, I had a tie and things like that. Right. But it, it, it got a lot softer as the years went on. <laughs> I love that you did that. And, <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, you have to adapt on one level, especially then. I mean, I got into the finance world in the 80s, in the early 80s, and that was definitely a man's world and what I had to go through to see that. And I found my own way through it by wearing bright purple suits and doing cartwheels, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. we all right. find our way to kind of, and they thought I was different, but I was also intelligent and a go-getter, so I was accepted, even though it was like, that's not appropriate corporate behavior, you know. <laughs> like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Right, so appropriate what, corporate behavior. I wasn't good at that either. Yeah, I can I imagine, like, yeah, which yeah. is why you've, right. you, you branched <laughs> off and did it your way, right? And that's what you've been doing yeah. since, what, 92, you said, is when you Well, that's shifted. when I left, but, but I even, you know, even as a, as a concierge, I was really oh, a trailblazer, you know, and I, I can remember once I had a leopard scarf around my neck in, in, in one of my uniforms, and one, one of the, like, I think it was HR that came to me, and they said, listen, Holly, it's called a uniform because it's supposed to be uniform. Like, you can't wear a leopard scarf with it. Oh, okay, sorry. (laughs) Sneak it on and put it on during lunch. I'm going to stop us for just a moment and let you know that you're listening to Be More Now. I'm speaking with Holly Steele, who's an author and trailblazing service philosopher.
So then you wrote your books, and then you shifted your career a little bit and became a professional speaker and a trainer. So I want to talk about what you created next. Sure. Thank you. Well, you know, the funniest thing is I, I started this because, you know, like I said, I, I was like writing this book for, you know, 17 years until I got got it complete and got a publisher, which Simon & Schuster was a real publisher, and, you know, too. And I, my, I had this whole dream, and they were going to teach it in hotel schools and stuff. And then uh, Cornell said to me, well, you know, it's just too practical. That's what they told me. They, they, they teach theory. If that's what they said. I'll never forget that phone call. And then, uh, and then it was like, well, we don't teach the concierge. Yeah, I know. That's why I wrote this book. Well, we don't teach it. So it, was, you know, it wasn't – I don't want anybody to, who's listening to this think that just to create a brand-new career, make something up completely right. that's never been done before, it's just a complete slam dunk, and everybody goes, oh, what a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? Right. Um, you know, it, it, was, it was very challenging. To, to leave that career, and because honestly, like I believed that my last name was at the Hyatt, because I called everyone, hi, it's Holly at the Hyatt, hi, this is Holly at the Hyatt, this is Holly at the Hyatt, and so my identity was in completely wound up in this. I mean, I was really wrapped up in this, and, and in the 17 years that I was Holly at the Hyatt, everybody uh, took my calls. I would tell you that I never had anybody who didn't take my calls. And so before that, what we talked about, I was a teacher, and then I was Holly at the Hyatt, and then I was on my own, and I was trying to get people to understand customer service as an art form, and I'd written these workshops, and um, nobody called me back, and everybody was in a meeting. And I'm like, what do you mean everybody's in a meeting? Like, how come nobody was in a meeting for 17 oh. years? Nobody was in a meeting. Wow. And now everybody was in a meeting when I called. And so, you know, I was pretty much fetal around it and right. thinking, wow, now what? And so, you know, we refinanced our house and we, you know, so I would have enough money to get through a year or two to make this thing happen. And that was almost 30 years ago, really. So it worked. And I did it, but it wasn't the world's easiest thing to do. And, and I'm not complaining about it. It's just I, I think it's important to understand that it's just like not that, – that there's so much – that when you see the tip of the iceberg, there's just so much that's underneath it right. that you have to persevere right. to get through, to believe in something. And, and I, the truth is I still believe – and God only knows with COVID what's going to happen with the world of the concierge, but that when you can be a great concierge, really yeah. at the top level of that, it's really an art form, and it's incredible. And I wanted to share that understanding and that passion with people, and I still believe that. So it really comes from a place of passion and love, and I wanted to take what we know in hospitality and what we know as professional and excellent concierge and bring that into any business who would listen. Mm -hmm. And so I've had the opportunity to do that and it's really been a gift to be able to do that. Uh, and there are still people who be like, what? Who wants to know about that? And yet there's enough that do. So 
you know, since the textbook, I've written several other books on customer service. And I mean, I call it customer service, but at this point, I just tell the truth what it really is, which is spiritual principles. Because mm. <laughs> that's really what you need to work with people. Right. Like it's that idea that we call emotional intelligence, spiritual principles. It's that recognizing the other as yourself and how would you want to be treated. And, you know, one of the things yeah. to get through that is, is helping people realize that they actually want to be treated better. Because I always think of people that are hard on other people, it's just because they're really hard on themselves. And often that just translates out into the way they deal with the world beyond themselves. One of the things that I think helps me find compassion when I'm dealing with someone who's really challenging and I think, oh, step back, what must it feel like to be that person? It must be really challenging. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm sure, is part of what you, you know, your company is called Thank You Very Much. Is that what you call it? It is. It's called yes. Thank You Very Much Incorporated. So, I've, yes, and for a long time I used Elvis as a metaphor about being, because at the end of every song when Elvis used to curl up his top lip and say, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> then I would, you know, and so I would just say, well, that's really it, everybody. That's the bottom line of business, isn't it? That's it. And on my business cards, the front of the card says, what business are you in? And if you open it, it says, if you're not in the thank you business, you're probably not in business. Right. Because that is the common denominator of everyone who works with people. You want them to walk away and go, thank you. Thank right. you. That was really nice. Thank you. And then, of course, every time you hear thank you as the service provider, you get a little bit of a boost in there. Yeah. And you get your juice. And so if your idea is, is like you create the thank you, you get the thank you, everybody wins and everybody walks away happy and you say, next, and may I help you? And that, that is how the energy keeps flowing. And there's very little when you're really working with, with people that's black and white, except that thing that you were just talking about, that all people have a right. real desire to be seen, right. to be listened to, and to be understood, and to be heard. That is universal. And if that is where we can focus our attention, right. that is where you'll be. Thank you. It's simple. It's not easy. No, it's not. And I think that's one of the challenges that I feel that most of us can relate to because of the customer service agents that we have to deal with with the companies that we're trying to call on the phone or have a, have a product to return or have a question or cell phone bill or whatever it is that we are calling this company and then we get somebody and that person is perhaps reading a script, doing their best to get through. They're not spokespeople of the company. They have policies they have to enact. And I think that's frustrating for especially those of us a little bit older that remember the time when consumers actually were a little more right than they are now. And when there was a moment where you felt like the company cared about you more than just about getting your money and that hoops you have to step through to return things and there's all of this stuff. And when I'm dealing in that level, I always stop and tell the person, hey, I know you're just doing your job. If you hear frustration from me, it's not at you. And they always go, oh, thank you so much. They always thank me for having that. So I think that that's one of the reasons I also wanted to have you is that we can say, oh, well, she's a the hotel concierge and she's talking about people in the service industry. But really, we're all in the service industry because we're all serving each other as human beings. Well, absolutely. And that even, you know, yes, all of it. 
lake and to, you know, like everybody wants to be seen and heard and belong yeah. and feel like you understand them. And but the people who are focusing on having to be right or doing their policies, this is a top-down situation. Yeah. If you, if you call Amazon, they're going to take your product back and they're going to be nice about it and they're going to call you back within 30 seconds. So why do they do that? How do they do that? That's a whole other story. But why do they do it? Because they recognize that that is an enormous value of their company. They teach it. They've been a stellar uh, example of, yeah. how, of how to do this because they focus on it. Just like you know, people will call me all the time and say, oh, we want to be just like the Four Seasons. We want to be like the Four Seasons Hotel. And I said, okay, I'll tell you how to do that. But I am thinking that once I tell you what it takes to actually be like the Four Seasons, that you'd probably like to be like the Four Seasons without Frankie Valley. Because <laughs> it, it's really hard. It, it's, a, it's 100% focus on it. You, this has to be really a primary thing. So when those people who are, when you're in the middle with the people, it's the managers, it's beyond that. It's the company, it's the culture that's creating this. Right. And sometimes you just may get a stinker of a person. But for the most part, they're told they have to do that. Which yeah. is, it, it's hard to understand why companies don't get that 100% of their revenue comes from their customer. I, I, I don't quite understand how companies miss that point. So why don't you talk a little bit about what you teach? You mean in the spiritual Just kind of like a little bit, <laughs> well, you know, I know yeah. that the idea of thank you very much is a branding of gratitude, and then maybe just a little bit about yeah. customer service is not just, here's your thing, go ahead, have fun. It, it is more about the gratitude, but can you just dive in just a little bit deeper sure, about absolutely. some of the tools or techniques? Well, I, like sure. I said, I think this is applicable to all of us in all of our lives. could use this, and every individual, as a Thank you. customer in a grocery store, I can treat my checker like this, right? Hmm. Like we can do this right. back and forth. Yeah. Right. So one of the, okay, just a few of the things that, that, that I think are pretty powerful that I teach is that I have something that I call the me sign. And the me sign is that everybody wears one. It's a giant sign. I say it has flashing lights all over it. Me, 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 right? <laughs> and everybody's wearing one. And as a customer service provider, if you're wearing one, and this is where one of the, the real problems comes in, with, especially in North American service, is that everybody's wearing the me sign, not just the customer. And so what we need to do as service providers is take our me and make it a we and look way beyond the behavior into the emotions that are happening underneath the behavior. Mm. Why is someone behaving like this? Why right. is someone acting entitled? What's going on with that? Where are they? What is the emotion? What do they need? Because once you get what your job is and you know how to do it, so whether you're a checker in a grocery store or the butcher or you're working in retail, whatever you're doing, if, if, if this behavior is in front of you, you can react to it with your own me sign or you could take your me, turn it into a we, and ask yourself this really important question. What does this customer really need? And then how can I provide it? And then what do they really need? So if you look at entitled behavior and you go underneath that, you'll see what they really need right. is to feel important. So your job then is to do whatever you need to do to make them feel important. When you do that, for the most part, this behavior is going to shift because it's mostly not personality, it's behavior. So, and you can't really observe a personality, but you can observe behavior. 
So if people are acting as what we also might annoy people as someone who's completely clueless, like they don't understand if they went outside and it's raining that they needed, you know, that they need an umbrella. So that's another thing that would annoy a service provider. What do they really need if you're acting confused or clueless? They need to feel safe. And especially in today's world, people need to feel safe. What can you do to make them feel safe and comfortable? So you want to look at the emotions underneath. So that's a really big piece of what I teach. I also teach um, that your own emotional intelligence, I call it wear the turtle hat of service, where you have to have a hard shell, stick mm. your neck out, and right. be slower to respond with a negative trigger and not take everything personally, and then let go of having to be right. Because unless it's something that is non-negotiable, like parking in a fire lane or right now wearing a mask right. or six-foot distancing, it's pretty much hospitality and not, not medicine. So, right. if, so that if you could let go of having to be right, your entire life would change. And these are all things that you can use in your personal life. I once had a client who called me and said, hey, Holly, I finally get that being right thing. It works on my most difficult customer, my ex-wife. <laughs> so, 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 there's, so those are a few things. And then I, 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 I do teach um, a few skills um, because these skills are really, really important and kind of difficult. So I, I teach listening because it's rare. I, and I call it listening as an act of generosity, that we need to empty to listen. That's not so simple to do. Then I teach how to disappoint someone. I call it the wings of no, how to make no fly. And then I'll, I'll, I'll teach how to do a sincere apology so that it works. And um, so that's, that's what, it, what, what I do in, in my work and in my classes and in video programs and in books and all of that. So um, it's, it's been really fulfilling work because people remember it for many, many years. And once again, I want to remind you that you're listening to Be More Now. The voice you're hearing is that of Holly Steele, a author and a lecturer, a TED Talk giver, and a trailblazing service philosopher. I'm going to ask you this kind of a hard question, but it's something that I've had someone say to me. I have another friend who does trainings, and someone says, well, isn't it kind of teaching somebody the art of manipulation? And... <laughs> I'd just be curious to hear what you'd say about that. Well, I think it's semantics. Uh-huh. I think that, that, you know, you can call it manipulation and you can make it bad. You right. can call it uh, customer service and the, where you are focused on the, the experience of someone right. else, mm-hmm. that they have a really positive experience. You can call it your own personal and professional growth. Mm-hmm. to understand how to get along with people. Uh, you can call it many things. I mean, you know, I think that if you are in a service position, what that means is that you need to accept that your job is to uh, do something for someone else. Right. And, in, and for some companies right now and some people feel like I I worked for one very large company last year, and they were like, we don't like the word service. Okay. Well, we think we're equal. Service means like you are in servitude of someone. It means that you need to do something for someone else. Yeah. And if you are committed 
to doing something for someone else, that includes focusing on their deeper needs Mm -hmm. so that you can reach those so that everybody can have a good experience. Right. But if you're just focused on your own me sign, then it doesn't work. And if you just focus on your own me sign, that it is manipulation. But if you recognize the we sign, you recognize that by a sincere apology, you actually feel better too because there's a reciprocal experience that you're not just making the other person feel better. You're actually getting that energy back. So it's a full circle versus a one-way current. Well, yes, and for the most part, I would say most people don't go to work and go, wow, I really want to piss somebody off today. (laughs) I mean, that's not really most people's attitude. They would like to create a good experience for everyone. Sometimes things go off the rails. When Mm -hmm. they do, we really need to figure out these skills because we're not born with these skills. These skills take practice, just like, you know, with your dancing. I mean, you're not born being the kind of dancer you are. You had to practice. You had to make a commitment. You had to decide. Well, it's the same thing with this art form. It's just another art form. Right. And, 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 and if you have a commitment to that art form, then all of these things become a part of it and your, your own, I call, I, something I made up years ago called the psychic salary, which is the other paycheck. It's what do we get out of serving someone else? And if someone believes that by um, offering your heart and your uh, strongest ability to create an experience for someone else is manipulation, then you shouldn't be in that job because you won't be earning any kind of a psychic salary and go do something else and do everybody a favor. Mm -hmm. This is such another testament to your creativity, the way (laughs) you phrase things and come up with ideas. Like, who's not going to... Forget the spiritual salary. Like, of course, that, that's the return, you know. It's such a wonderful way of saying it. Thank and you. I, I love your mind and how you think and <laughs> what you. you've done. And, and so here we are now, right? We've got the COVID-19 pandemic. And how has your business changed? What are you doing differently? And what's happening for you now? Well, I mean, everything's changed. I mean, basically, my business stopped. I mean, you know, all of the work I had, it all completely stopped. It's just definitely. you travel a lot, correct? Oh, my gosh. Yes, I'm a huge traveler, and, you know, know, you're running around and doing classes and getting back on planes and, yeah, what? Yeah, it's exhausting. And I loved it, and it was fun. And it, it basically stopped. So a lot of speakers are, you know, rushing to this whole virtual thing and let's do, the, let's do this all virtual. And I have a few clients virtually. But I also, at this point, some things have, um, have shifted and pivoted a bit. I, I have a fabulous new online program. It's called Help Me Holly. And I, ba- I started it before the pandemic. I have a, a video producer that I work with. He said, hey, why don't you just come over to my place and we'll just have you and me and the camera. Let's see what we get. So I'm like, okay. So I went over there and I just we did a day and a half because basically people today, they like things in about one-minute bites. And so I just looked into this camera and I just talked about service and the things that I teach in my classes, but I did them in about 90-second bites, up to three minutes, because teaching Mm -hmm. the wings of no takes a couple of minutes. Anyway, I did 104 of them. So I was was like, oh, okay. And then 
I left, and I thought, well, maybe, I think I maybe did something here, but who knows. And so that was it. We had no idea what we were going to do with it. And then the pandemic happens, and my business partner, Jack, he, he's a Neil Diamond uh, cover band, right? So his business was decimated. And so he, just, <laughs> he took the first two months of the pandemic, and he put these 104 clips, we, we chose 72 of them, and he put them into a course called Help Me Holly that has testing and a certificate, so I have all this stuff online now. So I'm working with some um, schools mm-hmm. and adult education for this. And it's also just an individual program. Anybody can go on there, go to, help, go to hollynow.com, and it says, help me, Holly. And you know, for $175, you can you know, have something to train your team. It's a, it's a service fundamentals class. So that's something that I did that's virtual. I, I have a few clients. The, the funniest thing is I have somebody who asked me if I would do something on luxury hospitality, and he said, you know, maybe we could film it in L.A. I'm like, no, we, we can't film it in L.A. Right. Because that means that's hours away. why. And, and yeah, yeah, I'm not doing that. And I said, tell you what, why don't we think of a redwood tree as luxury hospitality? And he's like, Okay. And so now I'm, I've, I've just been writing this whole thing about the luxury, uh, luxury lessons from a redwood tree. And, and, and I'm having so much fun with it because like, there's an ecosystem involved in right. hospitality and service. And you know, there's also you have to have a bit of a thick skin to work with, uh, with clients. And you have to be able to be flexible and on and on. So I'm having fun with that. And then I'm, I'm also, I have a, I told you in the beginning, I have a wonderful family, and I have a, a niece who's an artist, and she said, hey, Aunt Holly, one of the most favorite words, Aunt Holly, <laughs> and she said, Holly, how about we do a book together? I'm like, okay. So we've just finished our first children's book, and one of the uh, artists up here, a guy named Wes, uh, uh, Lester, he helped me with, yeah, Lester, yeah, he's adorable, Wes. He, he helped me with the graphics of this thing. Uh, but uh, my niece is the illustrator, and together we wrote our first children's book, which is called What Story Are You Telling Yourself on Perception? And the next one we're doing is called um, Listening is a Gift. And I said, hey, Whitney, maybe we'll do all my, all my um, training as children's books. So I'm playing with that a little bit, and we're on our second one. And uh, probably by the time this is out, I'll have it on YouTube. I, I, I wrote something about a silver lining in the pandemic, which is recognizing service providers as people. Yeah. So that like who were before we were inconsequential and now we're essential. Right. And so to like to see us. Right. So just like what you were saying before, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just doing a variety of things. And this other thing that's super cool that I'm doing is I'm on a team with the SBDC, yeah. which is part of the SBA, and I've done small several business workshops with them. Right. Yeah, the small business, yes. And this has been fantastic. But even since we talked last, Blake, something else happened. I'm doing um, something where I've just put together a panel because they asked me to do something on religious, I mean, um, racial bias in the workplace, and I'm like, I can't do that. Of course not. I'm not qualified to do that. And the woman who I work with, she said, no, I want you to think about it, Holly. And so I thought about it, and I I thought, well, no, I can't do it, but I could 
because of my background as a concierge, which the underlying theme of being a concierge is I know a guy who knows a guy, right. um, <laughs> I put together a panel. And it's a panel of people of color from all different walks of life and all really heavy hitters and fabulous people. And I'm going to moderate the panel. And I, I don't have exactly a date for it yet, but I'll let you know so you can oh, add it when, mm-hmm. when we do this. And, uh, just and I'll include it about, on the website where this yeah. show is archived too, so if someone's listening and wants to check back. Right. It would be about storytelling and also unconscious bias. And then right. what can we do? So that's been really humbling and just to conversation is so out there right now. It feels like we entered a portal of, for this conversation that even someone as far removed from it as me could be involved in it. So well, it's such an important hum- conversation. It is, it. it is the conversation right now, and it mm-hmm. is, it's been the conversation really since, you know, for 100 years, and it's, it's been underground for so long, and it's mm-hmm. finally seeped to the surface again, and it's like, oh, you kind of can't heal from a deep systemic infection, but when it comes to the surface, you can actually start to actually, you know, in, insert some of your healing tools and, and start to heal the infection. I feel like this is what we, we have a deep yeah. sickness in this country and globally, but yeah. here especially because on so many levels it, ha- it, it went so deep underground that it wasn't acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Not enough. Yes, and, it's, and it's, now, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. I'm calling it a dialogue, not a conversation. So okay. that it just opens up, opens up something. But what, what's cool about it is that it's, the, it, it's not a government platform. That's why everybody's saying yes to me. And right. so it's saying, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll be a part of it. Because it's just to open this up is very um, thrilling. And like I said, to be part of it is really kind of humbling. And it just feels like, right. really, I'm doing this? So that's really interesting so and also like I suppose Blake you know but other than work there's other silver linings of the pandemic uh, which are well I, I would have never stayed home this much I, 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 I let go of my place in Marin because it mm-hmm. seemed kind of silly to have a place close to the airport that you can't go to I do a lot of work in Napa with wineries. That's not happening. Um, and I don't want to go to San Francisco right now. So yeah. I let it go. And just being up here has been a total gift for me to be here, to be with friends, to be in nature, to walk in my beautiful, I call it my magic forest. Um, and, and I have time to take classes and to learn new things and I'm dancing every day, and I'm doing movement as medicine with a fabulous teacher named Dr. Deborah Kern, Deb Kern, and she's awesome. And, and I dance every day, and, and I'm just working at changing my own neural pathways mm. to continue to not fall into the abyss and the hole of fear and right. keep CNN totally at bay and keep dancing to Hey Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine, because, uh, you, you, because right. you have to do the work for this thing. Yeah, it's just going to happen if, if you don't work at it. So I'm doing all of the things that you need to do to stay in a place of hope and positivity in this time frame. Yes, and while still actively doing your part to make a shift. 
Right. And that's the key, I think, is you're not just, okay, I'm going to focus on being positive all the time, but it's figuring out, okay, now that you've figured that out, how can you take that out into the circle around you? It doesn't have to be, I'm going to change the world. As you change yourself, everything around you changes. I have made a commitment to myself, and this is a silly sounding thing, but it's so potent, is every day I'm going to do something truly altruistic for somebody else. Every day. Mm-hmm. One thing. At least one thing. Some days it's more things, but at least one thing every day. And that might even mean reaching out to a friend that I'm not, I'm not in the mood to talk, but I know what it's going to do for my friend mm-hmm. when I call because I know my friend's having a hard time. You know, things like that, that that is truly an act of altruism because it's easy to isolate. I have all sorts of friends who are like, I just don't feel like reaching out because I don't really know what to say. But you can find conversations like this one where you lift each other up. And that's what we need now. It is that that we that weeness that's so important. Well, I was just gonna say, well, you just say I love you, and yeah. I'm thinking of you, and yeah. that's it. That's enough. That's enough. I always say I love you to my friends, and there's a few friends that don't usually say it back. They'll use the you know L U V word or you know oh you shucks you too or whatever. And I'm finding those friends are actually saying it back in more like mm. now they're saying it. It's interesting. And I think that that's, you know, one of the other silver linings of this time is that that willingness to put oneself out there in these uh, more uncomfortable emotional spaces because we're already uncomfortable. It's, we're uncomfortable. We're all uncomfortable, you know. And so, well, I'm already uncomfortable. Let me just put this on my sleeve too, you know. I want to remind you that you're listening to Be More Now. I'm your host, Blake Moore, and I'm speaking with author, philosopher, Holly Steele. Yeah, it's so important, you know, but something I think when you try to, when you think that it's altruistic, sometimes it's even like it isn't altruistic. It, it really helps you too. And I just want to, I just want to share this one thing because it's been so valuable in my life, just incredible. So one of my closest friends became a widow uh, almost two years ago. And they were married around the same amount of time that Bill and I were. And, you know, she's a really, really close friend of mine. And I said to her at the time, I said, you know, Diana, I can't really do much except that what I could do is I could make sure that every single day that there's someone that you hear from that says, I love you and you're beautiful. And I I could do that. So I started to write to her every morning. So now we're on, what is it, 18, 19 months later that I've been writing to her every single day. And now she asked me if I'd put her son on it, too, so he's on the email, too. But, I mean, I think maybe because this thing's going to go on so long, in the winter I might go through some of the letters and see what I have. But Mm. whenever I think that maybe I'm writing a book, I say, no, 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 stop it. You're only doing this out of love. Like, just do this from this place, altruistic place of loving your friend. And sometimes, you know, they don't have anything to say. Sometimes they're really well done. And I say things that are beautiful, or I've written a lot during this pandemic because I, I like to write, and I also like to rhyme. And so I, I've written a lot of that sort of thing. But um, it, it, writing to my friend every day from this place of, I just want you to know that you're loved and seen and appreciated right. because your cause you're maid of 40 years died. Um, I, I always think that I'm getting more out of it than she is. Right. So I totally get that. Right. I want to just make sure I have enough time. We started the show with that wonderful song you did. You want to just talk a moment about that song? 
as oh, one of your so other sweet. creative yeah. <laughs> wonderment. Well, because because I like to write, and and sometimes you know, I it's like I believe in the muse, and so, you know, when the muse is there, you have to take advantage of, of of her or it. And so, when the fires were happening in Sonoma, uh, what was it now? It's almost two years ago. Um, I was so overwhelmed by that uh, that I wrote that that uh, poem, and a close friend of mine named Janice Stanfield took that poem and put it to music for my big birthday last year. And so that's where that came from. And another friend of mine said, oh, Holly, you got to paint with your dark colors in mm. that. Um, so and that's you that was, singing, right? That's your voice. Oh, no, that's my friend Janice That's singing. your friend Janice. No. Yeah, that is, God gave me a lot of talent. Well, I thought God gave you that talent, too, and I'm thinking, them. my goodness, woman, what can't you do? When I when you <laughs> no, shared no. the song with me, I'm thinking, wow, okay, there's just another no, no. one. Oh, no. oh no, 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 definitely, definitely not. You don't want me to sing. But, um, yeah, and I'm going to do an art show at Gualala Arch in October, so I hope people will come to that because it's called My Valuables, What Matters. And so the song is part of that, and the woman who I rented the home from is Marin is also a sculptor, and she uh, took pieces from her um, cousin's home that burnt, and she took burnt pieces of wood and made the most amazing sculptures from that, mm. and they're fabulous. And then I wrote a poem about it, and then I have uh, Bill's going to take uh, photographs of just the silliest things that matter. Right. And so there'll be a little short stories, and so there'll be photography and short story and poetry and sculpture and that song. So uh, it'll be different than we anticipated it would be, but we'll still, I think, if they let us into Gualala Arts, have an opening. Right. So Yeah. yeah. Well, they've been doing virtual openings in a lot of places. A few different artists yeah. told me they had openings that happened, and then they've been creating these online exhibitions just to give a little bit of a take. But that's such a thrill. It is difficult on the art. And it's just, like you said, finding ways to still feel like your voice is part of the story. And that might just mean being in the garden and writing about it and, and trusting that, that those words will make you feel stronger. And so your example is I'd like for people who are listening to find out uh, how they can find out more about you well, thank you. Well, I'm easy because I'm thank you very much, Inc. And so, or so you, you, you just go to www.thankyouverymuchinc.com. So that's that's my website. Or you could just remember this to go to hollynow.com, and that's where all of my online programs are. And that is how to reach me, or Holly Steele, spelled S-T-I-E-L. So thank you so much. Yeah, and do you have any one last message you hope a listener would walk away from our talk with today? That I would hope that during this time that it could be an inspired time for you, that this forced pause could change you in the best possible way. And I recognize that everyone is in a different boat, but the same storm. But we all could take an opportunity in this phenomenal experience to learn and grow and please dance through it. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Holly. What a 
gift you are to the world, and thank you. Thank you. Keep up the phenomenal work. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> well, that concludes my interview with Holly Steele, award-winning author, trainer, and public speaker, who's renowned worldwide for her trailblazing service philosophy and her books on the subject of hotel concierge. To listen to this show again or to catch past episodes, please go find Be More Now on kzyx.org and click on the link to show archives. I'll be back on September 3rd with Michael War, an award-winning Barry, a poet, performer, and among other things, the poetry editor for Of Poetry and Protest from Emmett Till to Trayon Martin, published by W.W. Norton. And tomorrow at 9 a.m. right here on KZYX, you can catch Politics, A Love Story. This week, host Bob Bushansky will talk with Gerald Posner, author of Pharma, Greed, Lies, and the Poisoning of America. They'll talk about how today's big pharmaceutical companies sold hard drugs in the late 1890s and early 20th century, like Bayer inventing heroin and phenobarbital. They'll also explore the rise of the Sackler family of Purdue Pharmaceutical fame who created Oxycontin and the opiate epidemic that has killed thousands of Americans. That's Politics, a Love Story, tomorrow, Friday morning at 9 a.m. right here on KZYX and Z. And I also have a few more announcements for you. On Sunday, August 9th, continuing their second Sunday free program, the Hindi Woods community is covering the Hindi Woods State Park day use fee for local residents from the following communities. That's Yorkville, Boonville, Philo, Navarro, Compshi, and Elk. Know your zip code and enjoy a free visit to the park and stroll the old growth redwood groves and beautiful meadows. Hike the trails and unwind along the river. Day use is from sunup to one hour after sunset. And on Monday, August 10th, from 7 to 9 p.m., the Depression Bipolar Support Alliance Fort Bragg Peer Support Group is holding its weekly free support group meeting for individuals with depression, bipolar, and related mood disorders and or family members. The meeting's at St. Michael's Meeting Room, corner of Franklin and First Streets in Fort Bragg. For more information, contact Bailey Oaks at 964-7721. I'm going to end the show with a spoken word piece, Prayer for a Silver Lining, a creative ditty written and performed by Holly Steele. Thanks so much for listening to Be More Now, and I wish you a healthy, peaceful, expansive rest of your evening. Up next is Pulse of the Planet, followed by W. Dan, and as usual, great laughs, needed laughs from the treehouse. So please stay tuned. This is my prayer for the silver lining of 2020. The music is by my friends Janice Danfield and Tim Bays. We're all in this together. We'll really have meaning. If when COVID is over and we resume reconvening, we stop, say thank you. There's a real person right there. We're in this together. It's this life that we share. The everyday people we interact with every day, 
No more taking for granted all this interplay. Done with barking out an order to rush to a flight, never noticing the people right there within sight. If the front line of service simply didn't show up, the world would stop. There would be nothing from a crop to a cup. Well, the world has stopped, and we can now see who has given it wheels. Maybe, just maybe, we can understand how it feels to work at a job where you are basically invisible, when in fact we're in this together, is about being indivisible. We need to get it. We don't do this life alone. Stop it. Look up. Get off of your phone. Before quarantine, could you tell me the names of the grocery cashier? Did you notice the busboy or the bartender who served you a beer? Did you go to a meeting and hurry to make a deadline crunch, never noticing the people that served you your lunch? Did you ever think about the person who cleaned the toilets in a public place? Did you ever stop to say thank you or look at their face? All the people we thought were so inconsequential are now the ones that we call essential. Parts of the pandemic are ever so frightening, and others, I dare say, are truly enlightening. We're in this together. We are all responsible. Let's appreciate the people that make our lives possible. The mailman, the trucker, the security person at the front gate, the box office, the bellman, the usher that finds you a seat when you're late, the food demonstrator, the garbage collector, the guard who helps kids cross the street, the concierge, the front desk, the myriad of people every day that you meet. So sing this, dance it, make it your committed way, thanking the people who help you get through the day. 